uh, considered a privilege, maybe even more than a privilege, an honor to be able to, uh, to speak on one of these weekends. I do a lot of public speaking, but I don't really consider this public speaking. I consider this public sharing, right? Because we all come together and we share a message and we share our experiences in a time where we have some common um, interest and common time to spend. So about four months ago, uh, Pastor Terry came to me and he, he said, this is gonna be the summer series theme. It's gonna be shine, sharing Jesus naturally. And because that sharing thing is not something that I do that often, I, you know, I, I immediately started, I started praying. I said, you know, God, what do you want, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? And as I started reading my Bible and looking for what should that be, and while I'm doing all of that, and I've got sort of that in the back of my mind, I know I got four months to go, I'm doing all the other things that I've got going on in life. And isn't that sort of a good metaphor for how all this works out, right? We've got all of this here, but we also have all of this here that we have to continue to balance and align. So while I've got this in the back of my mind, it's stirring and I'm praying and I'm trying to figure out what it's going to be, I'm going about the normal things that I do. And as Pastor Terry said, one of those things is I write this blog every day, Purposed Working. Um, I actually only write it Monday through Friday because those are work days. And, um, and I don't write on holidays, so I take those off. Um, but come Tuesday, I will be po posting number 665. Wow. So I've been at it for a while, since October 1st, 2008. I'm, I got lots of material to work with. The Bible is full of things to tell us about how we intersect our work life and our faith and what we can do to bring those two things together to ultimately, as Pastor Terry said, to do kingdom work, even though it's in work in the workplace. And then, so I got that going on. And then secondly, I'm on this board of a company called Glassdoor.com. And it's basically TripAdvisor for jobs. I mean, if you're thinking about going to get a job and you want to understand a company, you know, you go to glassdoor.com and you can learn lots of things about it and, and about a company. And I, I write for them and I speak for them. And, you know, over the last three years, it's been a lot of activity, a lot of activity because a lot of people out of work, been out of work a long time, a lot of people in jobs that, you know, may be paying the same or maybe even less than what they paid three years ago and trying to figure out what should I do next. <laughs> And so there's a lot of conversation and discussion going on in sort of the workplace world around, you know, what do I do next? And one of the tools that everyone that, um, well, not everyone, but I guess most of us have all put together at some point is a resume. So I see all this stuff about people talking about their resumes and, you know, what do I do to make my resume stand out? And how do I get my resume in the right hands of the right person? And so, so I'm kind of thinking about that and I'm talking about it. And then along comes this guy that I've been coaching. And I usually don't coach people very often, but it was a friend of a friend, and he came to me and he said, look, you know, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I was at the top of my game in my industry, and he was at the top of his game, and I got crossways with my boss. And, you know, we all know work is fragile, and all of a sudden, he's out. He's just out. And he's sitting there saying, now what do I do next? I want to change. I want to do something different. I'm in the twilight of my career. I want to try another industry. And he says, you know, could you help me rewrite my resume? And I said, I can't help you rewrite your resume. I can help you rewrite who you are so that you can create a resume and sit in front of somebody and talk authentically about it. But we're going to have to do a lot of work first. And it was at that time when I was reading through my Bible and I ran across a verse 
And we're going to talk about it, and I'm going to share that with you in a moment. But I ran across a verse, and God spoke to me and said, wow, wouldn't it be great if people worked as hard on their resume of life as they do on their resume of work? Now, at that time, I wasn't really sure what the resume of life was. I thought, oh, boy, I need to sit with this and try to figure this out. But through greater prayer and through greater study, I've come to what I to talk today about the resume of life. Now, the guy I'm coaching, the reason that, you know, he was really comfortable and authentic with his old resume, he's not authentic and comfortable with his new resume because he doesn't quite know what that's going to look like. But any of us who have gone and sat in front of somebody with our resume in front of them, you know, we feel really natural about talking about ourselves because it's us. It's le at least it's our work us that's sitting in front of us. So we can speak naturally. And that's how this all fits together with this theme for the summer about sharing and speaking naturally about Jesus. Because we have to know who we are. We have to know what our resume of life is if we're going to be able to be authentic and be natural. And that's what I wanted to spend time exploring this afternoon. So let's go back for a second to our work resumes, just for a bit. So many of us have had to put one together. And, um, you know, we're always building our resume, right? That's the, that's the advice we get. Make sure you're always building your resume. Well, I got to tell you, I'm exhausted this week from all the people on television who have been building their resumes. You'll know what I mean when I, when I tell you. So Patty's had me, my wife Patty, has had me this week watching the finales of Biggest Loser, <laughs> Dancing with the Stars, and American Idol. We would not have been able to get it all done had it not been for TiVo. All those people building their resume, right? Building their resume for the future. And then there was the punctuation of a resume on Wednesday with Oprah's last show after 25 years, which I had to watch as well, okay? So building, adding, punctuating, that's what we're taught to do with our work resume. And we've all, we all, you know, they've put together a resume. We kind of know what it looks like. I've, I brought a sample, a standard sample for you. You can see it, right? You got the objective at the top. What do I want to do? Where do I want to go? What do I want to be when I grow up, basically, right? Then you've got the experience, which is what have I done? How long did I do it? Who did I do it for? And you, and you detail those, and you hope that those will align so someone says, oh, well, they can do all those things, and they've accomplished. They can meet that objective that they set them for themselves. And then you got the education section, which is really not about what you know. It's only about where you went to school and what degrees you have, but it gives some sense. And then there's this throwaway thing at the end, right, that we always have a hard time filling out, but we feel like we have to put it, our other skills, our other interests. This is where we, you know, put underwater basket weaving, you know, things like that. But, you know, the, what we're doing is we're actually using that section to try and catch the attention of that hiring manager or that recruiter, you know, because what we do is we hope that they've got a common interest that we have, so they're going to want to talk to us a little further. It really doesn't play to the objective. It really doesn't fit into the objective. The fact that I'm a long-distance runner has nothing really to do with what I want to do in my career. But we put it there anyway to try to get somebody else's attention. So this resume that we put together, it becomes an edited down snapshot of us, or at least our work us. It's basically our marketing brochure. Now, 
I'm guessing that most of you did not come here this afternoon thinking you're going to get a resume workshop. Um, but it's Memorial Day weekend, so you get two for one. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, I've looked at thousands, probably tens of thousands of resumes over the last 25 years. What's on the resume, the, the, the words, that's what gets you through the door. But what gets you the job is what's between the lines in the white space. Because when someone sits down and talks to any one of us about a job, they're looking for the fit. They're looking for how are you gonna, how are you gonna do in our culture? What they're looking for are your values, your principles, and your character. Does it make sense? So that white space in between is the real us. That's the real us. And that's how we go from the resume of work to the resume of life. I'll make this statement. The resume of work, it's about what we are. It's about our jobs, it's about our titles, it's about our responsibility, it's about our education, it's about our accomplishments. But the resume of life is about who we are. And that's really important because as I said, how do we share who we are naturally if we don't know who we are? We've gotta know who we are in order for us to be natural in our sharing of Jesus. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to explore um, the resume of life to see if we can't be better prepared for that moment. That moment when we get a chance to share. That moment when we get a chance to be authentic, to be genuine, to be real, ultimately to be natural in that sharing of Jesus. So let's look at the, the verse that got me going on all this in the first place. It's in your handout. It's 2 Corinthians 3, 2 through 3. And this is Paul writing to the church of Corinth. He writes, the only letter of recommendation we need is you, yourselves. Your lives, your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter, and if I can use a little literary license here for Paul, you are a resume from Christ, showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is not carved on tablets of stone, but on the human hearts. And there Paul said it. Paul said, our resume is our lives. It's what we believe. It's what we do. It's what we say. And let me tell you, people, people are reading our life resumes all the time. They're watching. They're listening. Our friends, our coworkers, our family, our children, someone is watching. Someone is listening. Someone is always reading our life resume. Now, God's also reading our life re resume. And he's the guy who really looks for the white space. He's the one who cares about all the things that are really us and who we are. God doesn't care about what we do. What he cares is about how we do it. God is looking to see, are we bringing glory to him or not bringing glory to him? You know, I'm pretty sure that God doesn't care about titles and achievements or companies that we work for. He's looking for attitude, spirit, faith. He's looking to see if we're putting ourselves all out there. That's what he wants to see. That's the white space that he's looking for us to fill in. Now, it's a small thing. 
and you probably think it's a small thing. For me, it was a huge thing. So I have a website. It's rustyroof.com. Had it for multiple years. And when someone approaches me about, would you consult for us? Or what are you doing these days? Or you know, would you invest in my company? What I do is I send them to rustyroof.com. And I say, you need to go to my website, read about me, and then come back and tell me if, if we should talk further. So what I figured out about six months ago was I really needed to think about how I bring together all the things that I'm doing. And the, the metaphor that I came up with was an intersection. So I said, you know, I operate today, and you can see it on my website, I have to operate today, today at an intersection of four exciting avenues. One being technology, one being arts and entertainment, one being people and talent, and then I would be disingenuous if I didn't put the one that was the hard one, is faith. One little word. I'm sorry, I get emotional. Patty tells me I cry at McDonald's commercials, so I'm sorry. <laughs> the reason I get emotional is because, gosh, it should be so easy. It should be so easy with all that God has given us, that all that God blesses us with. It should be so easy to put the word faith out in front. But it's really hard. Now, Look, I know I, knew I, I know I lose business. I know I lose people who probably look at that and they say that, and then they go look at the blog thing and they go, okay, leave that guy alone. You know, I don't want that guy to be, you know what, that's okay. That's okay. What a great filter. What a great filter. <laughs> I don't have to go into something that maybe I was gonna go into and it wasn't gonna be good. You know, this resume of life thing, when we put it all out there, what God is saying is, you know, I, I'm trying to give you a life, all of us, give us a life that's way beyond a definition of what we would think to be success. What, he, what God wants us to do is he wants us to have an abundant life. Jesus said in John, I have come to give them, that being us, life, and to give them that life that is abundant. And then he goes on further to say, I've come to give you eternal life. Wow, an abundant life, an eternal life. And all we got to do is sort of get a couple things right, and that all works out. So let's talk about what those things are, and let's use our work resume structure to look at our life resume structure and see what we can learn. So the first thing on our work, uh, work resume structure was objective, so let's start there. Our objective on our life resume. What's our goal? Where's our focus? Where do we want to go? Here's what I can tell you. On our life resume, our objective needs to be clear, it needs to be committed, and it needs to be consistent. When I was eight years old, that was the first time that I, and that I accepted Jesus. I heard it. I knew it. At eight years old, I knew it. And I put that as my life resume objective and write it down as Paul said, it becomes something that's in our hearts. I put it out there. And then for some reason, I grew up and, boy, I don't know what happened to it. I drifted. I got confused. I basically took my life resume and just got rid of the objective. I put it on another page. It wasn't front and center. It wasn't at the top. So no, no surprise. 
that I drifted. No surprise that I ended up doing some of the things that I ended up... If by the grace and the mercy of God, able to come back around and be here today. Because a lot of the rest of the life resume, boy, it didn't line up. No way. And if anybody was looking at it and thought I had a faith, well, I can tell you what, they would have been confused. And here's when I know God was looking at it and you're going, you're a hypocrite. You say one thing and you're another. Now, because of God's grace and mercy, you know, and we can all reserve the right to get smarter and wiser, I feel like I've been able to fix that objective and put it back up on the top and make it clear and make it committed and make it consistent. And what that, that objective, I want, what I want that objective to read today is first, I'm a follower of Jesus, a committed follower of Jesus. Secondly, that I'm doing everything I can to bring glory to God in all that I do. And then thirdly, and most importantly, that my life and, and my life being my actions and my words give me a chance to share Jesus naturally when that opportunity comes. Now that's what I want, but that want is only in how I actually live to that. And that's an important part for us to all remember. It is how, once we set that objective, it can either be real or not real, especially in the lives of others who are watching. So to help us, I brought us a verse, a verse from the wise man, Solomon, in Proverbs 4, 25, and 26. What Solomon said is, and he wrote, was, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. Anybody ever seen those um, Fidelity, those new Fidelity ads, you know, with all the green lines that run through the streets, right? You know, I look at that ad and I say, wow, that's what God is doing for us. He's laying down one of those paths for us and it's going to take us around and it's going to move us and it's going to go. But if we stay on it, we're going to end up in the right place. It's the same thing the Fidelity Advisor guy says, right? Stay on that line. All we got to do is stay on that path, the path that God has put in front of us. It's what Solomon tells us. And, you know, here's what's, here's what's great about our God. You know, our God doesn't push us onto the path. I mean, we got plenty of people who push us in life. We got bosses, we got coworkers, we got peers, we got parents, we got siblings, we got loved ones. You know, we get pushed a lot. God doesn't push us. What God does is he pulls us. He calls us. He says, get on that path, stay on that path, and it'll all be fine. And if we do that consistently over life, we create what's called a legacy. And what a great thing it would be to have a legacy, to be a committed follower of Jesus, who tried to bring glory to God in all that he did. In 1985, no, 2005, um, Katie Couric interviewed Billy Graham. Billy Graham was 86 years old at the time, and he was getting ready to do his last crusade in New York City. And so the day before, Katie interviewed him. And they were talking about, she talked about, you know, what's it like to get old? And, you know, he was very honest. You know, he says, look, it's just not as good as it used to be, you know? But he said, you know, you know God continues to speak to him. She said, well, what do you want and what do you hope that people will say about you at the end of your life? And what Billy Graham said, and I so wish I could give this his, his accent, he said, well, 
I hope they'll say he was faithful. That he was faithful to the message all through his life. He didn't depart and he didn't veer. There's a testimony of a man who got on the path and didn't come off the path. There's a man who got the objective right and clear and consistent and committed and never looked back. Let's look at the next section, which is experience. This is, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? It's, uh, it's not what we want to do, but it's what are we doing. It's the, it's the proof of our actions. In this section, in the resume of life, there are definitely no titles and no companies. See, and, I, and this is where I see a lot of people get mixed up, the people that I spend time with, who are trying to figure out their self-worth and their identity, and they tie those things to their job, to the company that they work for, to the amount of money that they make. They get it all mixed up. And, and because of that, this part of the resume of life gets mixed up. Look, I went through it. In 2008, the company that I was running, we sold it on April 3rd. On April 4th, I woke up with nothing to do. First time since I was 15 years old with nothing to do. Man, that's hard. People come to you and say, well, what do you do? And you go, oh, duh, well, I used to, uh, blah, 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 because you know, I didn't have a job title and I didn't have a company to talk about. Well, that's not what I do. It's what I work at, but it's not what I do. Of course, in my own way, of, I, had to, I had to create a blog to get, to, to get through it. It's the only thing I'm going to do. I wrote this blog, first 100 days out, and that's what it was. It was about trying to find my self-esteem, trying to find my identity. But, you know, here's what's, what, what I learned through that and what I know now is that, that the life resume is just the opposite of all the things when we think about these titles and companies and prestige. In fact, Jesus said just the opposite. Jesus said, who's going to get ahead? The least of you. Who's going to get blessed? The meek. But yet here we are striving and spending a lot of time and energy trying to get to and thinking that that's what's important in our life resume. If that's what we're doing, if we're counting and trying to keep score with our jobs and our titles and the amount of money we make, we're just keeping score wrong. God wants the experience on our resume of life to be the things that further his promise to others. He wants to know how we're going to bring glory to him. He wants to know how we're going to spread his message. Now, there's a verse in here we're going to look at about a, a, a guy named Hezekiah. So Hezekiah was a king of Judah. It's in 2 Chronicles. He was 25 years old when he became king. 25 years old. And for 29 years, he ruled. So he must have died when he was 54. But for 29 years of his life, he must have been consistent. He must have been committed. Because what we read about Hezekiah in 2 Chronicles, and we'll read here, is that in all that he did in the service of the temple of God and in his efforts, efforts to follow God's laws and commands, Hezekiah sought his God wholeheartedly. And then see what the Bible says. As a result, he was very successful. As a result of seeking God wholeheartedly, he was successful. It wasn't about what Hezekiah did. It was about how Hezekiah went about it. Man, wouldn't it be awesome? I mean, it would be so great. It's too late. Well, maybe not too late for me. I got 29 more years. You know, 29 years to be consistent, committed, and constant in the objective. I find that to be an amazing, an amazing thing. 
And Hezekiah, the account of him reinforces the point, really. I mean, others are watching. They're watching it. How we do it, how we work, how we treat others, how we speak. That's the stuff that's remembered way beyond what we achieve or what we earn. What was written about Hezekiah was who he was. Okay, let's look at education. Education. Let's define this as are we growing? So you don't have to, let me just tell you, you don't have to have a PhD in Bible studies to get into the Bible. Right? God gives us the tools and the accessibility for us to grow. In fact, what matters to him is, is our want to and our obeying him to get into his word, to read, to pray, and to fellowship with other believers. To grow, I mean, we got to work at it. We just don't naturally grow. We have to work at it. We got to go deep into God's word. We've got to pray, and we got to surround ourselves with other believers who will help us grow and also sometimes just keep us accountable. Now, I'm a big fan of what I call the five Ps. Prior preparation prevents poor performance. Prior preparation prevents poor performance. Now, all of us go through the tests of life, just like we all went through the tests at school. When we did best on our tests, why? because we had prior preparation that prevented poor performance. And we all have these tests of life. Why wouldn't we also prepare ourselves ahead of time? And God has given us the textbook of life, and it's called his word. The study for life is with us all the time, and it's our choice as to whether we're, not gonna, or we're gonna pick it up or not. Now, let's go to the last part, this other interests. You know, and, and, and we're going to define this as how are we spending our time. Okay, on our resume of work, it's a throwaway. On our resume of life, it's not. On our resume of life, it's really, really important. Because in this part of our resume of life, it gets filled in with what happens when we walk out of this door. That's when it gets filled in. Personally, I find this the hardest part, to keep aligned against the objective. There's more out there, and we all know it, to push us off the path than to keep us on the path. Like Pastor Terry says, I, I spend a lot of time in the last, last part of my career, and what I do today is, is a lot in the entertainment industry. And let me tell you, if there's a place that's hard to stay on the path, it's the entertainment industry. Because we all know it. There is content that we have to deal with. There are words that come out of people's mouth that we have to deal with. There are actions of people that we have to deal with. And I got to tell you, I've been there. I've been there. And more than once, boy, was I glad that when everybody else walked that way off the path, that I stayed on the path, that I just walked away. Now, according to them, I missed out. Boy, did you miss out. Nah, I didn't miss out. I just, by the grace of God, didn't get myself in trouble. So how we think about our other interests and our other activities is so important. You know, Jesus, I mean, one of the reasons, I mean, I love Jesus for lots of reasons, but one of the reasons I love Jesus is because he was not a God who went and sat in a cave, you know, came and sat in a cave and just had people come up to the cave and speak and then write and, you know, and send stuff. Uh-uh. Jesus walked on the roads. He walked on the good roads and he walked on the bad roads. 
Jesus hung around the roughest and the toughest. And then he converted those people to his closest followers and his best friends. And during all of that, Jesus never compromised and never sinned. But see, we can't say that because we sin, right? We put ourselves in positions or with people or in places that compromise us, we're in trouble. Or even as bad is cause our ability to be able to share Jesus naturally to be compromised. Our activities and our interests have to be aligned to the objective for others to see that this faith we profess is really a natural outpouring of ourselves. And they are watching and they are paying attention. And they're trying to figure this thing out. People are trying to figure out this Christian life. And, they, you know, there's some people, the only access they have to the Christian life is us. And so we're, we're it. We are that example of what Christ is supposed to be like. And if we're not living it out naturally and living it out authentically, you know what? They're going to get confused. And in this day, you know, you never know what's going to happen by our little interest in our little activities. You know, I love Facebook, but man, I hate being tagged in pictures. <laughs> right? Just think about that for a second. Just get tagged in one picture on Facebook that's telling a story that's a lot different than the story you want to be told. We have to manage this. And it's a big responsibility, you know, because if we water down our faith too much, you know, people are going to say, is there anything worth following? But at the same time, we can't alienate and we can't judge. And we have to be with the people who are all around us in the world we live in. Otherwise, we don't have anybody to share it with and to share our beliefs. So to be natural, it's hard. We got to walk in it, but we also got to be willing to walk away from it. Here's what I do when I feel like I got to walk away from it and I got to walk in it is I pray to God, first of all, that he will use me. Secondly, I pray that whatever I'm doing and where I am will not confuse somebody else. And lastly, I just pray for the courage and the faith to be able to speak about Jesus if my moment and my, and my opportunity comes. You know, I use the Bible a lot as a part of my education. And I have two verses that I call on all the time. And I want to sh um, share both of them together. First of all, Psalm 71, 7 and 8. This is King David writing this. And King David says, my life is an example to many. And David was faulted, right? David had his moment. And, and, but yet he still understood that life, his life was an example to many. And because you, God, have been there to be my strength and protection. And that is why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long. Wow. God's there. He's protecting us. What do we do? We need to turn around and declare his glory all day long. And then if you move over to Philippians 4.8, this is Paul saying, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your thoughts on what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, and what is lovely, and what is admirable. Think about those, the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Let me tell you, when you get confused, go back to that verse. If you're trying to find a litmus test as to if your interests and activities are aligning with the objective so others won't get confused and that you're living out an example, go back to that one. Man, that GPS, that's like GPS that'll take you right back home. And I'll extend that and say, you know what that GPS stands for? That's God's positioning spirit. God's positioning spirit taking us back home.
to where we need to be. Now, to bring this all home, before we do um, look at a few considerations, here's what I, here's what I want to say. Our paper resume, our work resume, that's all about building and earning. Building and earning. Our life resume, totally different. It's about accepting a gift that can't be earned. It's about deepening a relationship with God. It's about living out our beliefs from the gift that is Jesus. We build and earn, but yet on this side we can accept and we can deepen. What a great thing. What a great thing. Okay, a few considerations to take with us this week. Back to work for the four days that we have. Um, our first one is our life resume is constantly being written and it is always up to date, whether you like it or not. Each day, every action, our life resume is being written. Now, you can take control of it. That's the great thing. You know, what happened 20 years ago, the years, or five years ago, or yesterday? You know, when we were good, well, that can be replaced. And when we failed. And many of us have failed many times. By the grace and the mercy of God, he allows us to replace that and to rewrite our resume and always keep it up to date. It's always to date for everyone to see. It's not the past, it's not the future. We can't fill in the future. We're gonna have to live into the future. It is who we are. And if we don't like it, we can change it. We can change it starting today, starting right now. Second point, our life resume never lies. Now I've looked at a lot of resumes. 50% plus of resumes have untruths on them. Resumes lie, work resumes lie. Life resume doesn't lie. There's no lying in front of other people because they're looking at you. They see the truth. They're watching. They know. The truth is out there all the time. And oh, by the, by the way, those things that you think are hidden, God can see them. God, God sees that part of the life resume. Let me tell you, what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas when it comes to the life resume. And it's important for us to recognize and know that. Next point is it's consideration. It's really all about being able to share Jesus naturally. Because, you know, you might say, well, wait a minute, I know Jesus is my personal Savior. You know, I got, I got all that figured out. Why do I need to go out and do this sharing thing? Why do I need to worry about the rest of the resume of life? Well, there's lots of reasons, but most importantly is, you know, our relationship with Christ, it's not supposed to be private. It's not a private relationship. We're supposed to share. And to be effective in our sharing, we gotta be natural. Authenticity is the greatest leverage we have when we talk to somebody else. It's when our lives all come together and everything is aligned from the objective through the interests that we are able to speak to others in the most natural way about the faith that we have. And we're supposed to do it. You know, it's very interesting. Um, we've all heard testimonies of people who've hit rock bottom, right? And those testimonies, not only are they great because it's God's forgiveness and God's love and all of those things that, you know, that we know God does for people, but it's also, they touch us, I believe, because those people are being really authentic and they're putting themselves all out there and they're so genuine. And that's important for us as we think about our resume of life. You know, I work with the kids upstairs 
boy, they have great hearts. You know, big, huge hearts. And two weeks ago, we did this message on uh, letting your light shine. You know, we had a little candle here. I was holding up the candle, and I was saying, saying to these kids, you know, why is this important? You know, that we, what, what is it about light? And you know, you know they're, they're the smart ones. They go, I got one. And I said, what's that? You know, the burgeoning entomologist. Because moths go to light. And I'm like, that's good. That's good. <laughs> you know, and then the next one comes over, you know, the, who's going to be the botanist of the future? Well, you know, all plants go to the light. That's right. We all, life goes to the light. We feel good when we go out and we're in the sunshine. Shouldn't we feel good about the sunshine? S-O-N shine. Let's go to that light. Let's let that light shine naturally. Jesus told us, it's in our handout in Mark 16, 15, that, you know, he told his disciples, he said, go tell them. He told them, go into the world and preach the good news to everyone. Wow. Go into the world and preach the good news to everyone. You know, there's a help wanted ad in here. Did you read it? Did you get a chance to read it? Let's look at it. Wanted. Men for hazardous journey. Low wages. That wouldn't work today, would it? Um, bitter cold. Long hours of complete darkness. Safe return. Doubtful. Honor and recognition in the event of success. That was Ernest Shackleton in 1907 um, with an ad he put in the London Times to put together about a dozen people to go on an expedition to the South Pole. Guess how many people applied? Over 1,500 people responded to that ad. 1,500 men responded to that ad. Sometimes I look at that ad and I go, well, that's sort of like the ad we put out there for the Christian life, right? Full of all this dark and bitter and, you know, we, actually, we, we accentuate the negatives more than we do the positives. But on the flip side, you know what? That is the Christian life. The Christian life is one of adventure. The Christian life is certainly one of sacrifice, but it's also got honor in it. And it's got glory that we can give to God. The Christian life I know has it all. 1,500 people apply to that. Then why not every one of us applying for an abundant and eternal life? Why would we turn away from that if we would want to go for this? Lastly, there is an eternal offer that's waiting. That eternal offer that's waiting, it was here before today. It's here today. It'll be here tomorrow, but it won't be here forever because our life resumes will be written finally at some point. And that's the point we pass on. We have this chance to have eternal life, to sit at the foot of Jesus. You know, and it starts with getting our objective written indelibly in our hearts. And thank the good Lord, because the rest of the, the resume of life, he just lets us rewrite it all the time. You know, we get messed up and we make mistakes, and then we just go rewrite. You know, we get confused, he lets us rewrite it. We ignore him and we come back, he lets us rewrite it. As long as we want to get it right, R-I-G-H-T, he will let us rewrite. And that's an amazing thing. We just, want to, we just need to want to have it. So we're all here. We all have different things on our heart. You know, I'm sure there's lots of people here who have the objective right and we are moving towards a life that is clearly aligned and consistent and committed and God bless us and, you know, stay strong and diligent. There are others where, you know, we've got the objective, but the rest of it, oh, it's just not working. In fact, maybe I've moved that objective off and I need to bring it back. And then there are some that are likely here who, this is the first time you're thinking about the objective. Regardless, 
What God gives us the opportunity to do, and he invites us to it, is to accept the gift, the gift of Jesus, and to get that objective clear so it can be committed and consistent in our life. And let's not ignore that. Let's not ignore that. The next time any one of us are picking up our resume of work, let's be reminded about our resume of life and look at it and say, when was the last time we updated that? When was the last time we made a conscious rewrite? So important. The band's going to come up in a second, and they're going to uh, sing a song that we picked out just for this. It's called Real to Real, R-E-A-L to R-E-E-L. Okay, so if our resume of life is about us being authentic and being the real deal, and that being our story of our life, I have great news for all of us. Our story just got optioned to be a movie. And that's what this song is about. If our story of life, if our resume of life showed up on the big screen, what would it look like? There's a question. Sit with that in the, in the lyrics. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity and this time to come together. And to, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for allowing us to be able to write and rewrite our resume of life. We thank you for the opportunity to accept your gift, your gift, the, the objective that can send us on a path of abundant and eternal life. Lord, I pray that each one of us, that we would have the same spirit of Hezekiah, that we would want to seek you wholeheartedly and that we would let that be the definition of our success. And Lord, I pray that we, once we get on that path, that we would be what, like Solomon told us we should be, we should stay on that path. Stay on the safe path, not come off of it. Stay there until we get that final eternal reward. And Lord, most of all, I just pray that you would give us the courage and the faith to be able to, when that moment comes, to be able to share about you, to share not only what we know, but what you've done in us so that we can share who you are totally naturally. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you give us. We ask you to keep us safe as we go through the rest of this weekend. We also ask you to bless the offering that we're about to receive. In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray, amen.